0: I'm the justice losers the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews i'm your host
1: Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host matt matt, matt what should people do like subscribe and tell a friend check out our tiktok at justice losers pod yeah i didn't say that very clearly let me say that again at justice losers pod yeah i'm kind of slurring my words do
0: thing and if you're from there wow that shit works
1: <laughs> nice
0: huh. uh matt what you been up to
1: whole bunch of stuff, as it turns out. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I went on vacation, which was really conducive to the whole getting stuff done thing. Yeah. Uh, Should we talk Stranger Things up top or save it for the end? Uh, I'll save it for the end. Okay, big finale. Keep you teased there. We're going to talk about some Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, Let's open with something relatively accessible. Uh, Silmarillion. (laughs) Silmarillion. No, we'll get into it. Um, uh, Top Gun. Not the new one yet. We're going on Wednesday. Oh, but nice. The original. Uh, we saw the original. Uh, well, it was still on Netflix. It's not on Netflix anymore. Oh, had, bummer. Yep. Left, where is it? Left on the 31st. Did it go anywhere else? Probably. I don't know where. Everything you can find somewhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Still <laughs> look hard enough and go <laughs> deep enough. Yep. Um. I had seen Top Gun before. The original from 1986, I want to say. Um, featuring young, young Tom Cruise. Uh... And It was probably in high school At some point So I didn't remember it super well Um On rewatch It's a sweaty movie (laughs) There's a lot of sweaty men in there Okay Just Who else is in it? Like is there any names that Uh Val Kilmer Oh really? Um Meg Ryan In kind of a small role Huh Um I don't remember The lead actress's name But She's Fairly prominent I guess Okay Um some of the secondary actors are people that, like, you recognize if you've mm-hmm. seen some movies in the 80s. They're, we've got some character roles and stuff.
0: Isn't Michael Keaton in the new one?
1: Uh, no. Why do I feel I like... don't think so. It's um, the guy Ed that... Harris. Huh? Ed Harris is.
0: Oh. He's a little little Michael, Michael Keaton-esque.
1: Yeah. In, like, the foggy memory sure. vision. They're actors that have been established for a while that are kind of the same age and Bald.
0: Yeah. It's All bald and look the same to me. Yep. Nice. Hey, it's Val Kilmer. No, Val Kilmer's <laughs> not bald. I don't know why I'm in for Michael Keaton. All the Batmans.
1: <laughs> uh yep. So um, top gun. Yeah, it's uh well, aside from being sweaty, it is actually a pretty solid movie. Um I mean, it's the classic story of a guy who's reckless and a little bit cocky and then life kinda knocks him in the balls and he's gotta figure some things out and come to some realisations about himself and then Become the best version of himself that he can be. It's uh, it's basically the Iron Man story. Yeah. Or Iron Man's basically the Top Gun story. Or it's all basically the Hercules story. Yeah. Um, and
0: Hercules, I think, is still copied off of something. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Everything, everything comes from something. This is some core founding myth of our human society or something. It's uh, well. I mean, it's basically the Feanor story from the Silmarillion. <gasps> How's that for a transition? I hated it. Do you have any more? I no. Mean, we can top, top gun a little bit. Though. That. Uh, I will say, 1986, aerial sequences are pretty solid. Hmm. That must have been mind-blowing in theaters. Probably. Um, I suspect that the new ones are even better, which is part of the reason the new one's apparently so good. Yeah. So, looking forward to that on Wednesday. We'll get to hear about that eventually. Uh, but yeah, no, the original Top Gun, it is... It's iconic. I mean, it's got lots of iconic moments, but it's a, it's a solid movie on its own. I'll say that. Do you like the volleyball scene? So many sweaty men. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Silmarillion. <laughs> so Silmarillion. So uh, yeah. So I had read it before um, a couple years ago and kind of struggled with it, to be honest. Um, and I think part of the problem was I wasn't very consistent About reading it mm. Like I'd read a couple chapters and then I'd skip a couple days Or a week and then read another chapter Who would do that? Uh, I Monsters. can't imagine
0: anyone that, would,
1: that would do something like that Yep um, And I would, I'd read it late at night fairly often um, Which Both of which I can usually be just fine reading a normal book The Silmarillion is fairly dense and it's Fairly? A, fairly dense
0: it is a very dense book as far as i remember fairly dense
1: um and it has a lot of names and places and things that all kind of sound similar and all have weird elven names and if you don't remember who's who and have particular attachments to the ideas of each of the characters it can get real confusing Mm. and real just like you're kind of lost in the noise of it a little bit yeah Um, but I found this time by reading it much more aggressively and much more focusedly, like, okay, I'm going to sit down and read a couple chapters and it's just every day I'm going to get through a good chunk of it. Um, by being more deliberate about using the index, whenever I hit something, I'm like, name, I remember that name. Why do I remember that name? Hmm. Oh, because he's the guy that came over with everyone when they came across the grinding ice and a whole bunch of them died. Hmm. Um, fun stuff. Um, yeah, no, I, I found on the second read through that it was much more compelling, on the whole, um, I have always enjoyed the beginning, which is basically the the creation myth for mm-hmm. the the Tolkien universe, which is really cool. It's like it's the basically God of the universe uses music to to build yep. everything or create like a vision of everything, and then he sends forth the Valar, his agents, to mm-hmm. go and actually build stuff. And it's a it's a really neat conception. And then it's most of it, most of the bulk of the book is taken up by the story of the elves in the First Age. Mm um and their struggles against melkor later called morgoth who's the the real big bad sauron is like his little lieutenant dude and there's some it it's i'm looking forward to reading lord of the rings again at some point in the near future relative near future um because there's so many little ties and things to like Uh aragorn sings a song about baron and luthien at some point and uh he once you've read the Silmarillion, you can appreciate really what that story means. That's mm-hmm. the the first marriage of an elf and a human, um, and it uh, you kind of get the emotional impact of that. And his like he's echoing that yeah. a little bit. It's it's fun. You get sort of the the sense of the grander world that had existed in the mythology, and the when it comes to Lord of the Rings, kind of that world is dying out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get sort of those echoes coming back through. So. It's really cool to kinda of recontextualize some of that stuff. Nice. And then partly the story itself is actually pretty good if you can understand who's going where and <laughs> what's happening. I um, just
0: want to go through and like rename <laughs> like do a search all like replace all mm-hmm. of every name just into something like Tim or Bob.
1: Yep. <laughs> Not uh Feanor, Karkaroth, um who else is in it? Uh Finglas. Uh so many a lot, a lot of yep. people. Um, there's one particularly awesome scene where Baron and Luthien's Talking Dog fights Sauron as a werewolf. Oh. but you didn't know that was in the Tolkien mythology. Nope. <laughs> yep. Talking Dog fights a werewolf. It's a good nice. time. <laughs> um, yeah, no. It's, uh, it's definitely I, even though I enjoyed it, it's still definitely not very accessible and it's not necessary reading for anyone that's not a fairly invested Tolkien fan. Mm-hmm. But it's it's cool. Nice. It's it's nice that it exists. It does make me a little more concerned about this TV show they're coming out with because it's very difficult to see how they're going to respect that vision. They're not. They're not, and it's going to make me sad. Yep. That's okay. Or
0: you get past being a member of the fandom and just let it happen. And enjoy it for what they create, and not have specific expectations on what you want the movie what you want the show to be
1: that's true, but I have a suspicion that if they come at it with sort of a half hearted idea of paying homage to the mythology, then it's going to be a show that doesn't know what it wants to be in the first place that's That's part of my concern okay I'll take it on its own terms, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm pretty good about doing that, divorcing things from my expectations for them, but uh I just, I have low expectations anyway. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yep. Um, let's see. What else have I done? Oh, I, uh, for the first time in a long time, I read a book, in a, an entire book in one setting. Wow. Which was kind of fun. It's a short book, quick read. You're a nerd. Uh, relatively. But uh just wanted to recommend that a little bit. It's not necessarily part of our nice, our particular purview, I guess, but it's called The Rider um it's by a guy named tim crabbe who i was aware of as a um moderately strong chess player he's like a master level so he's, he's stronger than i am Is <laughs> just a chess book no oh <laughs> it's a bike racing book oh yeah so tim crabbe um he used to curate a really cool kind of niche blog on just interesting chess stuff he had he compiled a list of the best moves in chess history in his judgment and um, interesting studies and anecdotes about players and games and things like that. Um, there's one where there's a, a really famous game and he was trying to track down the origin of it and he kind of figured out that it was fake and it had huh. been fabricated. Um, there's a lot of classic games from chess history that are probably fabricated, which is a really fun little niche bit of niche history that huh. you didn't need to know about. But nope. there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I was aware of him and I was, I, I don't know how I actually heard about the rider specifically, but it's, uh, he wrote a few books and this one was the most famous of those. Um, and it's sort of based on parts of his own life or part of his own life, I mm-hmm. guess. Cause I think he did get into bike racing. Um, but basically the entire book is just a bike race. That's it start to finish like the first few pages are him kind of warming up and eating a snack ahead of time and then he gets on the bike and he races for 150 kilometers through the hills of france hmm. um, and it is riveting it's exciting it's funny it is really cutting psychologically like as someone who has been involved in competitive stuff for really all my life his insights into the motivation of a competitive person and these little idiosyncrasies that you pick up from serious competition are a little too real in places. It's hmm. it's really good stuff, and I I really recommend it to anyone who's involved in any sort of competitive field. Just as sort of a hold a mirror up unto thyself kind of <laughs> thing. I also just generally recommend it because it's a really good read. It's a lot of fun, um, and it's it's very amusing. Um, he's got a the. First book in a while that I've laughed out loud four or five times while reading. Nice. So, definitely recommend that one. Okay, you haven't been able to contribute very usefully to those last two. Nope. So, just so you'd have something to talk about with me, I finished Clone Wars.
0: (gasps) I only care about your opinion of the last four episodes. (laughs) They're pretty good. I'm just kidding. How do you you feel? Wow. When's the when is the last time we talked about it? And where were you in it?
1: uh last time i think we talked meaningfully about it i was kind of slogging through about season three and that was maybe a year ago
0: have you been slowly working through it or did you just binge it recently i
1: had been slowly working through it and then i thought i should probably watch a bunch of this before kenobi comes out just in case there's stuff i need to know from that um also because i've been meaning to get to it and because it's starting to pick up a little bit yeah um so i i
0: yeah once you get past like season three where like it's a kind of all this like it's more like an anthology and like Mm -hmm. timing is kind of weird yeah and it starts knowing what story it wants to tell then it starts really
1: yeah so i i think i picked up about halfway through season four and was just doing an episode with lunch or so gotcha um and that got me through season five and season five spoilers for clone wars uh ends with ahsoka leaving leaving the jedi order yep and that's Kind of, I mean, it has clearly started getting more dark and more mm. serious. There's the whole Pong Krell storyline yes. early in season five, I think. Um, and, like, it's really starting to be a show where there's, like, some actual brutality and yeah. some gray areas. Hey, look, war yeah. is
0: bad.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's cool that they do that. Um, It's cool that they're willing to take this kid's show and start to really put some dark spins on it mm. and some it's what we really deserved yeah. from this kind of, a, in as much as a fan is ever really deserving of anything from a creator. Nah, That's true. Throw that in there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, it's it's what you want. It, it fleshes out so much about the characters and their identities and their little interactions and things. Um, and I
0: love that, like, as it goes further, like, the more the show develops, the more each of the individual clones become less of just clones of each other. Right. Like, Fives is not the same as Rex.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got to the end of season five, and I was like, oh, this is, okay, this is really picking up. And then I mostly just booked it through six nice. and seven. Um. So the
0: last 4 episodes. Did did you get what I was saying when I say that like I feel like they only made season 7 for the last 4 episodes? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um there's some there's some good stuff. The, yeah. the first 4 is kind of some fun little storylines and stuff Yeah. And, um the second 4 is really just kind of feels like the kids show kind of stuff again. Yeah. But um, then
0: like the moment that red Star Wars Clone Wars logo pops up you're like mm-hmm. Oh no. <laughs>
1: Well they start laying out the the groundwork of like uh where you are timeline wise. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is gonna be. Anakin
0: and Obi-Wan are like, hey, we have to go save Chancellor
1: Palpatine who's been abducted from Coruscant, and you're like, Okay, I see Uh where we're going with this. Uh And then (laughs) and then Ahsoka walks into the room full of clones and they've all got their helmets decorated and you're like, Yes no <laughs> <laughs> yep oh good stuff it it's
0: it made me cry
1: i <laughs> i mean i it got me as close as I, i'm gonna get um i'll say this the, so there's a few things i want to talk about generally with the show but while we're on the topic of those last four episodes it is fascinating to me that they were able to just flip a switch and make something that good yeah like they sat down to said, okay, this is going to be the best thing we're going to do with this. We need it's to end this right. It's down am- to the
0: animation.
1: Yeah. Like you can tell it like, gets a lot cleaner, yep. a lot crisper. Um, and I don't know, I, like I've been trying to think about this. How does that happen?
0: How how does like just the switch happen?
1: Yeah, how do they? I, how do they? Do, I mean, there's there's a few things that go s- into it.
0: Said this mm-hmm. a lot in the past few months with, you know, like Hawkeye and Kenobi and Multiverse Man right. and stuff like that. Dave Filoni and his team were incredibly passionate about what is the Clone War story mm-hmm. during Revenge of the Sith. Right. And they put all of their heart into this Mm -hmm. every and like every level from the top with Dave Filoni down through the writers, the the, like individual episode writers, the directors, the animators, the uh, like down to in those four episodes, those are the only four episodes in all of the Clone Wars that they actually do mocap for the fight. They brought Ray Park back Mm -hmm. to be Darth Maul. They had an Ahsoka like acrobatics actress to do that fight. Like all the way through the entire process, it was a yep. full heartfelt attempt at making this the best thing they have ever had. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is like, oh, we're pretty interested, but we're just being paid to do it, and like right. that shows in a lot of the different things. And yeah, so it's, there's a lot of filler. It's quantity over quality mm-hmm. a lot of the time, and so kind of that is this is the this is the center of when I say. They made the season for those last four episodes. Mm-hmm. They made those four episodes, and then for whatever reason, whether it be Disney or like or them, where they're like, okay, we have a span of time to get Ahsoka from point A to point B, mm-hmm. Anakin Obi Wan from point A to point B, the the five hundred first from point A to point B. We need to have some episodes and tell it still tell a good story, right? And so it was like, okay kind of piecing together and you can kind of feel it a little bit. Yeah, I went back and I rewatched that season yeah. uh, a while ago and I was like, you can kind of feel that it's just like, eh, shove them to where they need
1: to be. Exactly.
0: Um, And I, I think that's it is that that was the episode they wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Those were the episodes they wanted to make.
1: Yeah. They've been sitting on those ideas for years. Yeah.
0: And, and yes, like they, they've probably been thinking about it since they started, since the uh, original movie. Yeah, like not the two D animated one because that one's yeah,
1: awful. That's different.
0: The the one that this is based on they probably had Filoni thinking, what I now have these Rex, this Ahsoka, like these mm-hmm. characters. What were they like with Episode Three? And just kind of like thinking about that through the decade that yeah. between then and now. Yeah, yeah. Time and effort. Taika mm-hmm. Waititi's movies are so good, and he has constantly said that like. Dude, it takes me, like, seven years to write a script. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Nolan's, his best movies are the ones, like, Inception took him 12 years to write. Yep. Like, it's the time and effort to put things in, but when Disney's like, hey, we want to do a a show about Kenobi, you've got a year.
1: Yeah.
0: You get that.
1: Yep. Yep. All right. All right, so... That was that was magnificent. That was just what I was looking for. I want to contribute one little thing that I noticed no, particularly I, okay.
0: what I said is what I said and we're done. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, no, the the passion is very evident and, uh, you know, willing to go the extra mile for the mocap and it like even the, the score feels like Kevin Kiner got yeah. a little burst of rejuvenation there, which I'll talk about him in a second. Okay. Um, uh, and one thing that I noticed is the editing in those last four episodes is a little different. Um, the episodes are not much longer than the average episode, but they are a couple minutes longer, mm-hmm. like up to about 30 minutes instead of uh, up to yeah, about 25, 26. Yeah. And I think they just let a couple of moments breathe a little longer. Mm. And that makes a huge difference. Yeah. It feels much less clipped. If you, you get more involved in a moment, there's a, a shot where uh, they're on Mandalore and Darth Maul has kind of escaped into the tunnels and the camera just kind of, camera in quotes, just kind (laughs) of slowly pans or uh, pushes over the floor and then like pans up over to the tunnel. And it's just, it's a, it's a slow lingering shot that they wouldn't have done quite the same way if they're pressed for time. Okay, we got to get it out 25 minutes or less. Um, Just some of those little character moments they let, let sit just a little more.
0: I also vaguely recall that those four episodes being a lot more similar to the kind of cinematic style of the movies. Mm -hmm. I feel like there were like, there was, I I can't remember the example at all, Mm -hmm. but I vividly remember sitting there and watching going, that is not a Clone Wars cut. Like, I think they did like a swipe cut. Yeah. Like, they they did a bunch of swipe cuts, and I'm like, that is a, that's the movie's thing. This is them like... Bridging that gap so yep.
1: strongly, yep, they took away the little uh old oh, timey news voice, uh, yeah. boy at the start last
0: time on yeah, yep, yeah,
1: which that's always really fun. I like yeah. sort of the framing device that it's um like republic war propaganda, almost <laughs> I've
0: always loved too, like if you ever go like, go back and listen to 'em uh it. Listens like if you wrote it out, it reads like the opening scroll Mm -hmm. because it's always like war or like rebellion. Like it always starts with like an an exclamation and then yep the breakdown. So it's it's for
1: kids and kids don't know how to read. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what else? Uh, About Clone Wars? Yeah, you said Um, you had a few other things. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Kevin kiner Yeah, he had big shoes to fill. He's the guy who wrote the music. Gotcha. For think every single episode wow so busy man yeah big shoes to fill following john williams Mm -hmm. um does a pretty solid job of it uh the last four episodes are noticeably good yeah um dude
0: the last i don't think it's the last scene but vader with ahsoka's lightsaber
1: that's the very
0: last very last scene that That song, I think, is on the same tier as Light of the Seven, like, Mm -hmm. to me, where it just, like, it not only is just, is the song itself Mm -hmm. amazing, but just, like, what went with it, Mm -hmm. and when you hear that, like, I'll be scrolling through TikTok or something, and people use that sound, and I'm just like,
1: oh, my heart is crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Just... I was I I was so curious how they were going to end it. Not like you know how narratively it's going to mm. end. Okay, they're gonna clones are going to turn, and then their stuff's going to happen. Darth Vader's going to. How do they end it thematically? Yeah, what is the the final moment that they kind of leave us on? And that was magnificent. Mm-hmm. That was just an absolutely gorgeous little ending bit there. Just the the visual conception of it and the um the 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 tone. It's. It's literally like the story. You, you know what happened. You, yeah. you get it. But it's sort of tonally ambiguous. Yeah. Like there's the bittersweet. She's still out there and he picks up the lightsaber and you don't quite know what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. You can speculate some things and you're you're sort of led to think some certain things, but you don't really know. Yeah. And there's just sort of that beautiful emptiness. It's oh, it's really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Back to Kevin Kiner. Um continuing in the proud tradition of star wars there's a lot of moments he ripped straight out of classical music good um there's one that uh two set violin the um youtubers yeah. noticed um there's a solid like 20 second passage that's lifted straight out of Rachmaninoff's second symphony <laughs> uh there's a moment in season 5 that is like a solid 5 to 10 seconds ripped straight out of mahler's 5th there's in season 7 uh there's a melody that's Stolen exactly from the nutcracker. Huh. Uh yeah, no. Several moments that are just lifted straight out of classical music in the, the grand tradition of nice. Star Wars scores. Re Mars. Re yep. Rite of Spring. Yep. Re uh Romeo and Juliet, Prokofiev's version. The uh love theme across the stars, which I really like that melody. Mm-hmm. Bum bum ba da mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet, Prokofiev. Oh. Alright everything's stolen yep john williams is just a little more explicit about it
0: and does it better yeah no
1: <laughs> don't get me wrong i do not mean to disparage the man he's mm-hmm. uh one of the best anything else uh nothing on clone wars um i want to talk a little bit about modern family we've been kind of watching that oh. as sort of a background show yeah. um you familiar with it at all you seen yeah, much okay I've seen some of it yeah so um i'm enjoying it we're I think about done with season one. It's, uh, it's funny. The characters are mostly likable um, or dislikable in kind of the right reasons. Right. Um, but they'll feel like quasi real people in as much as sitcom characters can. And it's just it's, it's entertaining. Um, but I have a question for you. So it's kind of well known in pop culture circles that the fundamental conceit of the show is broken. Like, it's done with sort of the mockumentary style, like The Office, Mm -hmm. but it's completely nonsensical in the context of the show. Like, for example, there's an episode we watched where um, there's a scene where uh, Cameron and Mitchell are woken up at three in the morning because Lily's crying and they hear over the baby monitor. Why is the documentary crew just sitting there filming these two (laughs) men's sleep? (laughs) That doesn't make sense. So my question for you, does that matter? Nope. Okay, you just gonna.
0: Yeah, no, I, I to think, explain? I think that in. Did it get the point across? Did it tell you a good story? Yeah. Did it break you from the immersion of the story? Did you think about a little bit? A little bit. I just don't think it matters. Okay. Like, media is about like TV shows are about the story that's being told Mm -hmm. not the crafty like artsy way of framing it Mm -hmm. um in a movie or maybe in a video game Mm -hmm. where like with a movie you have it's it's much more limited and you can spend more time to fine-tune things and stuff like that right um where and a video game where the immersion is the paramount thing right uh it would matter more mm-hmm. but did you enjoy the scene yeah who gives a shit okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> good answer fair answer so it doesn't feel like cheating that they use sort of like the look to camera moments from the office and the are they funny drop it yeah who gives a shit <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> again nothing's original it's well it's not the originality that Hypothetically, would, I, I oh. think I'm fine with it It's not the originality problem that would bother me It's the fact that it doesn't make sense
0: Nothing makes sense To quote Peter, Giraffes. uh, Pete Holland Hollins? I can't remember his name He's the guy that does Bad Man. Mm. The, that whole, yeah Uh Nothing makes any sense You are a Tiny speck of dust Floating on a pale blue dot through a universe that is expanding infinitely how does this make sense nothing makes <laughs> sense did you enjoy it who gives a shit all right you can have a problem when you don't enjoy it like mm-hmm. when like it's not funny looks at the camera or like things like
1: that mm-hmm. or when it's like offensive but like doesn't that feel like kind of post facto reasoning then like you say oh I this moment was bad. Now let me blame it on the mechanic.
0: I mean, well, it depends on how you're blaming it on the mechanic. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, it depends. Well, actually, on both sides of it. If you like it, what do you like? Do you like the mechanic, or do you like the application of the mechanic, or the execution mm-hmm. of the mechanic? Fair. And then, if it's done poorly, do you not like the mechanic, or do you not like the execution of the mechanic? Right. There are video games that I play where I don't like the mechanic. Mm-hmm. I have yet to see them done well and it drives me nuts when those mechanics are done Mm -hmm. uh and then there are mechanics that i do like that when they're done poorly i'm like that they did this bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it's about the execution of the mechanics so it's not a post facto do you is the mechanic good okay it's how is it handled
1: but how is the how, how do you feel about the mechanic the movie starring jason statham
0: uh it's a fantastic movie and it deserves all the oscars
1: okay good didn't even know that
0: movie existed
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's one of the generic action movies he came out with in about 2011
0: it actually kind of brings a little bit uh, there's something i said a while ago that kind of contradicts something i was i ranted at kalen for Mm -hmm. um i saw a video of a podcast of someone defending the writers of kenobi about some poor writing decisions and stuff Mm -hmm and the whole thing of like people make mistakes stuff like blah, that what is your threshold for poor writing and mistakes happening in movies and in prof- and disney level mm-hmm. content
1: uh i don't have a problem with blaming creative people for making a mistake i acknowledge that that's just kind of how life goes i mean yeah i read some of my stuff it's terrible but um I, like if I'm trying to enjoy something and it's failing to live up to my expectations, I don't have a problem pointing 20 fingers. Okay. So my threshold is pretty low. To yeah. To answer your question. Mine
0: is also pretty low where I think my, I think my threshold is at initial observation. Mm-hmm. So in Kenobi, when you have a little girl out running three grown men, mm-hmm. that's initial observation of bad writing. Mm-hmm. Those are bad writers. Yep. You are not allowed to defend those writers because they're human and accidents happen. Mm -hmm. You are writing a show for Obi-Wan Kenobi Mm -hmm. of the one of the arguably the biggest franchise in history Mm -hmm. for the biggest entertainment company in history, probably getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars per episode. Do your job good. (laughs) you don't get the slack you're not some indie film uh film student mm-hmm. making a 13 minute short film of like oh why is that person in frame and then not in frame like yeah. with that kind of stuff yeah you have an absurd amount of like expectation to write a good show mm-hmm. when you're watching something like interstellar mm-hmm. initial observation there are things that are like okay this all like makes sense Going back to it and dissecting it, like "Mm, here's the plot holes. Like even in Batman, there's like oh, there's some plot holes. Sure. When you go back and dissect it, fine. Writers make mistakes. They can't like get every tiny little thing, and you are under a deadline ultimately. Yeah. But when it's an initial observation of a terrible writing, fire that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be paying the money for that nonsense. You shouldn't be hiring that person. Mm -hmm. But it's all political. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That was just it was a rant I that Kalen couldn't care less about and yep. I saw it and wanted to rant about it and I was like, oh, we're recording later today. I'm going to I'm going
1: to let it loose. Absolutely. Glad to hear it. Yep. <sighs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All that to say, you do have to divorce the professional criticism from personal criticism. You know, I don't like the people that are like George Lucas murdered my childhood no george lucas's poor creative decisions murdered your childhood yeah also your parents murdered your childhood um
0: like it's yeah it kathleen kennedy could be an absolutely wonderful woman don't let her have control over what's going on in the in the star wars movies yeah because it's not she's not good at it yeah and like the writers the writers of kenobi could be phenomenal people. Could be probably serial killers. We don't know. That doesn't matter. They're bad writers. Stop yep. giving them the writing ability. I cannot wait, because we just finished episode four, right? That just came out?
1: Probably. I still haven't watched any. Oh, okay.
0: Uh, I think episode four came out. The last two episodes are uh, co-written by one of the guys who's on every single Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably going to be the good ones. <laughs> Hopefully. It's, honestly, I'm fully expecting... Expecting? I'm hoping... I got that's one of those things it's you know to take another giant tangent uh I don't know if I've become more of a privileged biased asshole about like race and gender and things or I'm just way more viscerally viscerally aware about the things that I say because mm. there's been a lot of times where I've thought something or said something and go wow like and they're not like that inward like blah blah blah. like they're no. not like blatantly like that but it's like yeah. mm, that was a microaggression that I just thought and I really hope it is that I'm becoming more aware of it and like kind of addressing those biases and not that I'm just becoming an embittered old man that
1: is just slightly more racist. Probably both.
0: Oh, God. Anyway, um, now I'm also thinking about like these expectations, like not expecting. I think we talked about it last mm-hmm. week with the Black Adam, not having expectations.
1: Uh, excuse me, Black Adam? That's a micro. Shut right
0: up. Yeah. <laughs> I am hoping that these last two episodes turn out to be wrapping it back to Clone Wars, mm-hmm. like that, where like they yes. had exactly what they wanted to do with Obi wan and Vader. Yep, wrote those two episodes and then just had to get them from point A to point B. Yeah, I'm hoping. Although that's not that's not <laughs> that's not what the problem is with the fandom. The fandom is like expecting things to happen. Mm-hmm. Like with Kenobi, a lot of people are like, "I was expecting," or "I was really wanting to see uh, Clone Wars flashbacks." Mm. It's like yeah you could but but you've also seen clone wars yeah and so
1: that being said i would stand up and clap if they did like a i don't know a live action flashback clip of him fighting maul or something oh dude if it's a half second yeah that'd be legit um so yeah that's
0: uh uh that's my several rants all kind of blended together okay
1: my thoughts of today very good glad to hear you took my adhd medicine
0: i'm pretty much at the peak of like it functioning so
1: cool Good stuff. Thinking hard. All right. Well, this is probably a good moment for me to stop talking for a bit and let you talk about some stuff. Then oh, I haven't been talking it.
0: about anything. Uh, so I started playing Jedi uh, Fallen Order. Oh, cool. I've heard good things. Which was spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And I heard it's an open world game mm-hmm. um, with skills and stuff. This game. So this is more for people who, listen, who are listening who are curious what the game is like because uh, it's not going to make any sense to you. It's a lot like Elder Scrolls or Elden, not Elder Scrolls,
1: Elden uh, Scrolls,
0: the Dark Souls games. Oh, tied uh, with um, Uncharted. So like, I don't
1: know what any of those words mean.
0: So the Souls games are—it's an open world where you can kind of like wander around and to do different things, but like you kind of have these bosses like
1: and they're murderously difficult.
0: Yeah, uh, you have the little mini bosses you go and you or not the mini bosses, you like just the the minions that are just around the world sure you go and kill them you get some the currency the level experience stuff like that and when mm-hmm. you die you drop it so you have to go like you drop all of it and you have to go back and get it mm-hmm. uh it's usually it can be either the last the one that killed you you have to kill them to get it back or it drops it where you were and you can go get it mm-hmm. um there are like little um uh checkpoints that you go and meditate and uh variations of you can teleport between the two of them or whatever mm-hmm. um and then there are the big bosses that are murderously hard that have like skill or uh certain attacks they do multiple phases blah 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 and like it's really hard and you skill level up and stuff like that uh and it's that is like that it's like that a lot okay. um it uh, and with the uncharted part is it's you it's the it's the uh dungeon delving puzzle solving mm-hmm. where you have to use your abilities and uh climbing on things to like go and move certain things to be in a specific place you have to like pull this uh giant crystal to the side let sunlight shine through it and melt a certain part of a wall like mm-hmm. the, kind of that like this wall scaling uh platforming side of uncharted okay um cool my god is this thing testing my patience mm I am trying so hard, because the same thing with Hollow Knight. Like I hit a point in Hollow Knight that I just cannot get past, and I have not played it in like a month because it just yeah. I and it's not even an enemy that's killing me. It's a platforming through an area with like hazards and stuff that I just can't get around. <laughs> um and I haven't had that much experience in the game with like finesse like with that great of a job of like platforming and stuff. Um, I've gotten better at fighting in the game, so I'm I can handle bosses easier, but like this platform bit, I's like I just can't get past it. So I've stopped it. I'll probably go back and hopefully not be completely incompetent at the game again. Mhm. Uh and this game boy, it's tough. It's uh I've gotten better at it. I also always play games on hard now. Okay. I never play games on medium anymore because I feel like it's always too easy. Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel justified at least. It's not the hardest one. It's not like, not like nightmare or whatever, right. but it's like Jedi master. Uh, and like, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job. I am stuck on a boss right now mm-hmm. that I just, every other boss, I've beat a couple bosses. First try, I show up and I take the time. Like I talked about before, with well, like mm-hmm. hollow Knight, where I'm like, all right, I'm going to take the time, figure out his moves. Um, And so I did that, and, like, I've done a pretty good job of, like, I beat a couple bosses first try, uh, a couple other uh, bosses, like, I die a couple times, but, like, I figure it out, and, like, you know, you learn the moves and stuff, you get to phase three, and you're like, all right, cool, like, I, and stuff. Mm -hmm. This guy, I, and it's not him, it's not the mechanics that are hard, it's just my stupidity, he's got, like, variations of moves Uh that I stop, I forget, like, he does, like, a lightsaber slam on the ground, Mm -hmm. and then... When you get to like the phase two of the battle, he follows it up with more attacks, and I keep forgetting uh-huh. those. And it's like, and so, like, when I'm getting mad at a game, it's not me getting mad at the game because like, the game is obviously well crafted, right. usually. Uh, yeah. It's my own stupidity of getting too arrogant and like running in and like trying to hit him when I need to be patient.
1: Let me caution you never to play chess. <laughs> <laughs> because. If there's a game out there that will make you feel stupid over and over and over again, it's that one.
0: Yeah, probably. So, but it's still a good game, it's still fun, it still tells a good story. Um I believe I'm getting pretty close um i have to fight this last guy to get the thing that opens the thing that we looked at at the very beginning of the game so like i'm Mm -hmm. pretty i think i'm i think i'm in either the last chapter or the next last chapter people who've played the game are probably listening going nah, dude you got like you're like halfway through (laughs) um i want to play it because the new game got announced Mm -hmm. the sequel to it um so uh so i'm doing that uh that's pretty much it
1: we talk Stranger Things? Let's talk Stranger Things. So you are all, the way, all the way through, one through volume one of season one. four? Wonderful. I as well. Yeah.
0: Because we are going to talk spoilers. No.
1: You know what? We could do non-spoilers and then save spoilers for once the last two come out. Let's do that. Okay. Last two? Yep. Is part two
0: literally two episodes? Yep. What the f***? They're longer, but... Oh. All right. Yeah, let's do that. So we can... Okay. Yeah. Uh, All right. What do you think so far?
1: Um... I am really enjoying it. I think there are more high-level problems with this season than there have been before. Such as vaguely? Um, well, I think the most... Uh, I can get fairly specific with this one. Uh, they they have too many plot threads now. Um, and it's not necessarily a problem that you're not invested in some of them mm-hmm. or a problem that you don't remember what's going on because... This is a show that's always been built on its characters, yeah. and you have grown and loved these characters for a long time. There are few enough new characters that they can kind of just slot in somewhere into one of the existing groups yeah. nicely, and mostly they're likable and interesting in their own right. Yeah, um, Eddie, yes, Argyle, eh. he's
0: fun. <laughs> he's, in that he's yeah, he's, he's, he's the he's, goofy, uh, but. he's the chaos. Avenue where, yeah. like, when you need things to go wrong, he's usually the one they choose to make things go wrong. Exactly,
1: he's useful. Yep. Um. Yeah. No. He's he, he's entertaining.
0: I, I love Eddie. Oh, yeah. I think Eddie is my favorite character of the entire show. Get I ready for him to th-
1: die at the end.
0: Awesome. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, because that's what they've done every season so far. They've introduced a new likable character and then killed them off at the end. They do
0: that every season. Caitlin said that, season. but I thought I'd, I thought I there was variations to that.
1: Yeah. Well, not necessarily the end. Arb dies pretty early in yeah. season one. Isn't um, Sean
0: Aston in season one? Two. He's season two? Oh.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep. Crap. Um. <laughs> anyway, I think the big problem comes with having too many storylines that uh, you lose some of the emotional and thematic clarity in the editing. Mm. So when you cut from one scene to another, um, it's harder to get those nice smooth transitions where you go from something either thematically or it's like you know it cuts from a shot of something to something that looks similar Mm -hmm. there's a lot more of just oh we come to the end some dramatic cliffhanger moment in this storyline and then oh pick up at this moment in the other one and it's it's a little more jarring it's it it leaves you a little colder because it you sort of lose your emotional momentum and you have to stop and kind of reset yourself yeah um it's not a huge detraction for me but it's something that i have noticed and has Mm -hmm. turned me off a little bit gotcha i think so far but no, I'm I'm really enjoying a lot of the concepts. I'm liking the characters for the most part. I mean, the ones that are doing interesting things. Mm. Um, I think there's a few that are being kind of flanderized. Yeah. Um, I can say Murray in particular without yeah giving too many specifics away. He goes from, he's a kook when we meet him in season two, but he's a very competent kook. Yeah. Dude knows what he's doing. Dude has a plan to now he's just kind of a wacky guy and things sometimes go right around him. Yeah. Um, and it's a little, a little frustrating cause I really like a well-written version of that character Yeah, and I'm not liking season four version. Gotcha. Uh, what do you got? Some high level thoughts for me? Uh, I, I'm thoroughly
0: enjoying it. Uh, it's, I am 100% on the boat now that this is just, it is fully laid out as a D and D campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's just there's so much kind of going through it that I'm like this feels like it's D and D like mm-hmm. it's like th- this was like the Duffer Brothers D and D campaign when they were a kid um which is it, it's added an element of enjoyment to me of like mm-hmm. kind of seeing how things play how playing out I completely see what you're saying where there's too many like you have four different four or five different things going on at once. Yeah. And that was one of the problems I had with like later, uh, man in the high castle. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh my God, I haven't seen this person all epi- I actually, uh, at the end of, at the end of it, uh, I thought we hadn't seen a certain couple characters the mm-hmm. entire episode, but it's because we saw them at the beginning yep. and so much else happened. Yeah. Um, but, and I kind of have to like, remember what's going on with them
1: every yeah, time. Yeah. That uh, stop and reset
0: um they're doing a good enough job of answering questions already they're yep. not like just making you completely out of loop the entire time to where the yep. last episode's going to answer all of them
1: yeah i um, was i was really worried about four episodes in that it was going to be a lot of just oh this is an interesting mystery uh, hand wave it away because okay cool boss fight at the end or something yeah. um yeah they're doing a good job of coming up with some coherent satisfying answers
0: yep And it all makes a lot of sense, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I find the Deus Ex Machina answers a little common. Where, like, just at the right time... Like, one of those, like, nick-a-time things happening. Yeah. Um, Which, like, it's always... The way it plays out afterwards is always fun and satisfying. But Mm -hmm. it's always just, like... I kind of wish someone would just, like, find the answer a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. There's a scene where characters are racing to figure out something in time to stop something from happening, and yeah. it's, like, literally down to the second.
0: Yep. I yeah, I don't really have a lot of other um, top-level non-spoiler stuff. I'm enjoying it. I'm excited for the last couple of episodes. Yeah, no,
1: I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I The fact that I have more serious criticisms of this one i think does not detract from the fact that this is shaping up to be really solid and i'm excited to see not only how they end this season but how they land that trajectory that runway toward the very final finale showdown at the end of the entire show
0: yep it also does uh answer a theory that i've had since the beginning Mm -hmm. it's not that much of a spoiler well, because it's a question everyone's been having all the, like, uh, that, like, mm-hmm. that isn't, like, really pertinent. a lot, that the Upside Down is an um, identical copy of a given moment. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: that was one of my theories. Because it was like, oh, does, like, the Upside Down update as things move around? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, I was like, the way they answer that, too, is, like, it is a good time to answer that question.
1: Yeah, it's well handled.
0: Yep. And so I was like, yeah, knew it.
1: Yep. Nice. I don't think I ever
0: told anybody that was my theory. I didn't know exactly what mm-hmm. the time was, but I was like, right. I think this is like, should
1: have been pretty obvious in retrospect.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I, am mm-hmm. glad that it didn't cause I feel like season three was weaker than season two, which was than season one. Yeah. This is definitely to me, at least on par with season two. A lot of people are saying it's stronger than two, not as strong as one. Um, I still think I like season two, maybe a little more.
1: I, I think, I think season two is better. I think I'm enjoying four more. How about that, yeah, that's good. Um, four is yeah, three is kind of the goofy middle episode. Like, yeah. even the monster, it's just like sort of a big, mushy pile of meat. It's yeah. kind of funny, body horror, gross yeah. out. It's like it's it's the it's the comedy season, and yeah. that's that's fine. And a little bit of brightness in the middle there, do some different things with the characters, yeah.
0: Um, I will say they do a great job of like the last episode where like a lot of things are answered, mm-hmm. uh, of we talked about plot twists forever ago Mm -hmm. uh it does an amazing job of leading you to it just moments before the characters like yeah realize it and like kind of and then they really like you know show you like they 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 implied it really 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 hard over like a series of uh (laughs) things and then they're like yeah in case you you're an idiot yep Lift up your dunce cap and look at this. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> uh,
1: any last thoughts on that? Nope. I have one more. One word. Aliens. Nah. Yep. Nah. Guarantee it. Nah. 100%. Nah. 105%. Nah. I don't buy it. We'll talk after the end of season four. Okay. But it's definitely aliens.
0: Nah.
1: Nope. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. Yep. Nope. It's the nope aliens. Nope. Uh shout me? <laughs> Alright. We shout. Thanks everyone for listening. You can find us on Spotify and Podbean and iHeartRadio and uh, whatever the I'm saying I'm out of order. iTunes. That's the, the one I forgot. Probably other places as well. Uh, check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod. Uh, we're TikTok famous now, so that's something, I guess. Um I don't think I have a proper frame of reference for what TikTok famous is given the look you just gave me kind of a nice little side eye glance oh, no, there. I was
0: really satisfied like the chair rolled really far and I was like, "Wee!" Ah,
1: that okay. that that makes a lot of sense. Um yeah, no, check us out on TikTok. Uh check us out on Twitter, I guess. I mean, there's nothing interesting there at Just Us Losers Pod. Um we're on Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod. There's also nothing interesting there. We're on Facebook. There's also nothing interesting there. Um, there is just us at gmail.com, which is our nice little email, and you can let us know. Aliens? Yes or no?
0: No.
1: Yes. Be on my side. Be on my side. The evidence supports me. We'll talk about it in a moment here. Because we can spoil things and no one'll hear it. That's true. Great. Um Yeah, look forward to next week when i don't know maybe we'll be able to talk about a bunch of video game stuff and by we i mean you you by you i mean press i mean you the listener can also talk about video game stuff if you want we won't be able to hear you that's not how this <laughs> works i'm sorry i haven't been responding to your witty and well-timed insights that you've been contributing but this is a pre-recorded podcast and i don't know where i'm going with this bit but i've kind of just been rolling with it so i think i'm gonna wrap it up thanks for listening bye bye bye, bye.